Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. Yeah, I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are. It's November 21st. This is Thanksgiving week. We have a big holiday coming up in two days and it's 2023. Do you, do you like Thanksgiving? Seriously. Do you, do you, I mean, is that like, a, oh, I look forward to Thanksgiving. Not necessarily. There's other holidays that are. You get a lot of turkey. You get a lot of free uh, snacks for the, about a month afterwards with yeah. the turkey. Right. Turkey salad, turkey sandwich, turkey this, turkey omelets. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that. It seems like a lot of work. My my wife uh, just informed me tonight there's another two people coming. I said, oh. How many people are coming? 25. Well, yeah, I think that would be a nuisance. <laughs> I picked up a 19-pound brisket. I thought you were going to cook a turkey. No, I got turkey breast out of pickle brined and smoked, and then I'm making a 16-hour Texas-style brisket. Oh, uh, yeah? Have you, have you done that before? Yes. How are you at it? Pretty That's good. not the easy. That's the hardest thing to barbecue there is. It, it's also, you use a Traeger. I use a Traeger. Cheat. Yeah, I cheat, yeah. but I don't get, you have to work the smoke angle because the Traeger doesn't put off a lot of smoke. So I have to use these smoke tubes and keep on filling them. And I have a trick. I use the pellets and chips. It's a whole thing. And I got to watch it. You should write it up. Yeah, it's bad. She write up the whole recipe with the pellets and chips from Traeger oh. users. A lot of people out there use those I know, things. These people love the Traeger, but I, I've yet to find a decent. And then, you know, you see the things that Traeger puts out. It's like this nice smoke ring and all that. I'm like, no, no. It's like a Barbie smoker. It's, you know, remember the old Barbie baking ovens? Yeah, yeah. It's what it is. It's like compared to a smoker, it's like a Barbie grill. It, it's easy, though. I can go to sleep, put it on at 11 o'clock at night, go to sleep and not worry about it. That's good. And it's on my phone, so I can see what temperature the probe is and all that. Oh, please. You really, while you're in bed, you check it about three or four in the morning? I could. If I had, to, if I happen to turn over, the phone's there, I may look at it. It's possible. <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it's, it's not something I've never done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, Crocs, the, close to the pin is almost over. We have four days left until the end of that. And then we have the uh, close to the pin cup. December, we're going to start the close to pin cup. Everybody that's qualified for that are the people that qualified for that are the winners of the CTPs throughout the year of 2023. So we have about, I think, eight. It's a showdown. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, back from a Royal Caribbean cruise this weekend. And uh, uh, you were uh, this last weekend, yes. you were on a little cruise. I just got How back. How long was this cruise? Two days? Fr- I mean- Friday through Monday. Okay. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Nassau in the Bahamas. I took my parents mm-hmm. for. A, uh, my dad's, no, my mom's 80th birthday, my parents' 60th anniversary. You live in the Bahamas? Yeah, you just take the cruise, just from the Fort Lauderdale, you hop on. It's literally well, 10 minutes from my house. Puddle jumper, you get there a lot faster. I know, but it was, it was fun. We had a good time. Although, I will share with you, things have changed dramatically in terms of what they provide. Like, I had to beg for bottled water in the room. What? Yep. And, and I'm a, a diamond member on Royal. Which means that you're like the creme de la creme of the customer. That's, that's correct. And trying yes. to get waters, like, I can't give it to you. I'm like, what do you mean you can't give me waters? I'm not allowed. Like, oh. Why, why would this be? 
they, they don't give out waters anymore. They give you four. Why? They give you four welcome waters. They put in your room, this sparse room. It used to be good. That's one day. That, that's it, right. It used to be I used to get in the room. There may be a bottle of wine in there. There could be some chocolates and some some fruits. The room was bare. I, I was almost like I thought I was going to have to bring my own toilet paper. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Were taken over by the Russian government? What, what's know. the deal? It's really, it's just, they're cheap. They're just, they don't, you know, it's a weekend cruise. They just you got a new bookkeeper in there? Yep, obviously. It's amazing. Well, they have all this overhang debt from the from COVID. You know, there was, there was. Why well, blame the, it on the water? Well, it's not just water. It's everything on the boat. Everything on the boat is like a whole ordeal. Hmm. So. Uh, market started to overheat. The KRI is a plus five the last several days. Uh, but yet uh, the end of year Santa Claus rally is is pretty much on schedule. Doing pretty well. So about a 10% increase from the lows we saw in October through just a couple days ago. Particularly in the small caps, they really roared. Big, big move. As a public service announcement, markets are closed Thursday for Thanksgiving. And uh, they're also going to be open for a little while on Friday morning, but closing 1 p.m. on Friday mm. to give people a couple of days off. And big news in the crypto world, all the Pied Pipers, all those who are following all these big shots, the FTX and all these other guys and Binance, everybody's basically in jail or, <laughs> or, 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 or guilty of something. Yeah. Binance now came out with a guilty plea. And a $4 billion settlement with the SEC. Four what did billion. they do wrong? Uh, they were, it was about money laundering. And oh, yeah, that seems like a good guess. Uh, it seems like Bitcoin and all the cryptos are a great front yeah, for money laundering. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. And these guys were always like, you know, we want transparency. You know, they use all the buzzwords, right? We want transparency and we want to have a new currency for the, the new world that is away from the man. Right? They can't be manipulated and all that. And they set up all these schemes. They'd have multiple companies, and one company would be funding the other one, buying up a bunch of the Binance coins that ran it through the roof, and then just to find out that it was really uh, a pump and dump extraordinaire. Yeah. Classic pump and dump. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, in the market, we see some weird action. It's all in the AI space. So the, the stories are unbelievable. We're going to talk about tonight. We got a a firing, a quitting, an ousting, and then a hiring, and then opening, and a new offices. And Microsoft is setting up space with Apple laptops. Seriously, in San Francisco for the for, for the open AI guys in case they want to come aboard. And Sanjay Nadella saves the day over the weekend. We see something on fr this is all during my cruise, by the way. We see uh, Friday night after the market closes. Uh, we get with the CEO and founder of Op you know ChatGPT, OpenAI is. Um, is is fired. He's he's to pack ghosted in get a palace out. coup. Get out, right? Yeah. And then by Sunday, Sanjay Nadella, Nadella from uh, uh, Microsoft CEO says, "You know what? Uh, we'll take you." Mark Benioff from Salesforce says, "You know what? Anybody at at this firm that wants to come over with us, come on over." I mean, just talk about vulture finance. Oh yeah, that's what you do. It's but it's unbelievable. It's really, I think Microsoft because they own about forty nine percent of uh, the company is, is doing it for, you know, a save your ass kind of thing. Well, they have, they had the inside track. They could, and it makes sense. Totally makes sense. It, I mean, this deal is great for Microsoft. Yeah. Amazing. 
Um, we have uh, the VIX at about 13, pretty low, and uh, the video earnings are, are out. So let's talk about Sam Altman. So he was pushed out over the weekend. Uh, Silicon Valley on Friday night and Saturday was just, they were all running around with their hair on fire, freaking out, not knowing what to do. Now, all of a sudden, the, the companies, you know, the, the employees are behind him, 800 people saying, you know what, if Sam's gone, we're gone. Amazing. <laughs> that the employees are demanding that the board resign or face an employee exodus. And again, Microsoft not helping. All these companies not helping, saying, you know, we'll hire Oh, you. Microsoft was left out. We, we talked a lot about this on the last No Agenda show. Microsoft was left out of the loop on the firing to begin right, with. And right. they, they, there's not, they're not going to help anybody. As far as they're concerned, they got screwed in this deal. They're the big investors, the number one shareholder. And there's these guys go off and do this without talking to them first. No, that's no good. But we still don't have why. Do we? No, that's true. We don't have, we, we don't have why. We don't, and there was, that's what everyone wants to find out why. And, and, and it wasn't. Like this, well, we have found somebody better. Or I'm leaving to pursue personal goals. You know that whole line, right? Spend more time with my family. Yeah, spend more time with the family. Exactly. It was just this, he found out supposedly through the retail channel. He like found out on Twitter that he was fired. Yeah. And it was a Friday night after the close. It was no particular CEO replacement right away. And there is some conversation about how there was a difference of opinion in terms of what the development of this product was. Was it for the, quote, good of mankind or was it for commercial purposes? You know, the, the board of directors probably were all about it being for commercial and, and revenue generation, right? And No, just the opposite. You should go listen to the No Agenda show for Sunday. Wait, he wanted the, he wanted it for commercial purposes. Yeah, and the board wanted it for uh, altruistic purposes. <laughs> you really have to go listen. To we have a breakdown with the, Adam did a lot of research on this, and it turns out there's also a sex cult involved. That'll get you to listen. I'm on it. I gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> a sex cult. I love that. Yeah. Oh boy. Good old fashioned sex cult. Oh, all right. Well. Uh, I still think there could have been a, a, a possibility of a deeper and darker plan somehow. The sex cult. Oh, maybe, maybe. And maybe Nadell is involved in it and he wanted to get out. Mm, it, no. got out. it got I out. I don't think, it, and I, looking clearly. at him, I don't think so. Clearly, clearly. So now all of a sudden, by the way, just to finish up on this and, and tell you what else is going on, um, more than 100 OpenAI customers contacted the competitor Anthropic, uh, Anthropic, uh, over the weekend, a startup that has raised billions of dollars from both Amazon and Google, and um, they're looking to to find other alternatives just in case. So, the, the thing that I brought up was this manufacturversy, which is a manufactured controversy. Uh, this contrived disagreement, typically motivated by profit or ideology, designed to create public confusion concerning an issue about which there is no substantial academic dispute. Manufactured uncertainty. Have you ever heard of that? Manufactureversy? No, never heard of it. Yep, there's a word for you. There's a word for you. Adam would like I'm that I'm writing word. it down. Adam would like that word. Manufactureversy. Manufactureversy. Which, which is the world we live in, isn't it? 
The, the world we live in is all about confounding, confusing, <laughs> and, and leaving no discernible fact available to be taken on so that you just throw up your hands. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I just yeah. can't deal with this. Now we talked about this Bitcoin ETF and I want to talk a little bit more about this. I was interviewed about this topic last week, Paul Barron um, on his fine podcast show. Uh, he, he, he just, I will tell you this during the conversation, there's a variety of uh, graphics that were put up about Bitcoin and about different uh, various cryptocurrencies and all that. And, and there was a comment is, what does a boomer think about this? Andrew Horowitz will tell you the answer. I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, he's called me a boomer. What kind of crap was that? What year were you born? 65. I'm just one year short. I thought the boomers ended in 62, but. But you know what? Yeah, you the, would be you're you're the slacker. So the 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 connotation was not that he was born in that year, but it was that old line money manager boomer style discussion. You know, what does Warren Buffett substitute here have to say about this? Well, Warren Buffett is not a boomer well, either. I, he is a, a silent generation type. Right, but he goes, he, but the same, you know, the what the word boomer. Yeah, everyone but boomers are always used as a as a punching bag. Correct. By everybody who has anything to say about anything. And they take people like Buffett. He's a boomer somehow. Take people like you. You're a boomer. Yeah. And then they punch and punch and punch. But, you know, the boomers are meanwhile going, what, what is the problem here? I didn't say any of these things. I didn't do any of these things. Correct. Correct. I didn't say any of the things they were even talking about. I'm like, wait. He was asking me if it was a good thing. And I and I guess they were getting me waiting for me to say, no, you know, this is all crap. I'm like, it would be a very good thing if this SEC actually approves a Bitcoin ETF. Now, meanwhile, fast forward a few days, the SEC already deferred making a decision again on whether to approve the first ETF that invests in Bitcoin. And um, well, I don't think these money laundering accusations against some of these operations did the, the whole idea any good. None of it. None of it. Nope. So uh, I think it's possible that this is coming. That's the whole thesis why Bitcoin is moving up. Especially the last yeah, couple it's months. Moved up about three thousand dollars over yeah. the last uh, And that's because hey, we're gonna get an ETF. And if they get the ETF, particularly if Fidelity gets the ETF, this is what I was talking about, it it would be a really good thing for Bitcoin because it would create an immediate way to buy Bitcoin inside of your 401k, as Fidelity is the largest 401k custodian out there. And they just put a Bitcoin ETF into a 401k or into some other well, most most 401ks have mutual funds, but nonetheless, if they put it in some kind of IRA wrapper or whatever, it would be bought up. Makes it very easy. So now, yeah, it probably would be bought up. That, that, that's now that comes before we get the another another bombshell that Cheng Ping, which is known as Cheng uh, Ping Zhao, which is known as CZ, is stepping down as the CEO of Binance as part of a major four billion dollar settlement between the Department of Justice and the cryptocurrency exchange. $4 billion. If he's so willing to pay $4 billion and say he's guilty, man, he must have a lot of money behind that. There must be a lot of money somewhere. It's like, you want yeah. $4 billion? Eh, that's fine. Thank yeah, you. It's $4 billion. Wait, let me dig in my pocket. There you go. Yep. The settlement with the DOJ and Commodities Future Trading Commission, Security Exchange Commission, 
uh, is, is not participating in this. Now, as part of the settlement, he also pled guilty to anti-money laundering charges brought by the Department of Justice. And he's, in, he's scheduled to enter a plea uh, in federal court in Seattle. Now, remember something. This is the guy that pretty much took down FTX. Yep. So everybody gets their justice. Maybe maybe there'll be roomies. Maybe Sam Bankman-Fried and CZ will be kind of like uh, cell buddies. I wouldn't even know. Mm. The SEC charged Bonanza and the founder, CZ, in June with operating an unregistered exchange and misleading investors by using a Switzerland-based fund called Sigma Chain, which was also owned by CZ, to inflate the trading volume of Binance's U.S. platform. So through 13 uh, charges, we allege that Zhao, CZ, and Binance entities engaged in extensive web of deception, conflicts of interest, lack of a disclosure, and calculated invasion of the law said the SEC chair, Gary Gensler. So, is there any good guys in this whole, the Winklevi twins, are they the good guys? Is there anybody good in this whole damn scheme? I have no idea, because I don't involve myself in it. I don't know. It just seems like everybody involved at, the, at these levels are just shysters. Well, there seems to be more than a few shysters, yes. I mean, the shysters. Well, that's what you get an unregulated yeah. part of the market and the shysters go go there. They're drawn to it because it's unregulated. You can get away with stuff, you think. But then, of course, it, just, it didn't work out long term. And a lot of these things were all hyped up on the back of napkins. You know, the whole entire white paper crap that they put out. Let's put out a yeah. white paper. You know, the white paper yeah. thing. Would have been great today. We just put, you just put into chat GPT, uh, create a white paper on the uh, Dvorak Horowitz coin that will uh, fund podcasting and uh, use a, uh, a, a, a 10x multiple with a pro forma yeah. that shows 50% growth per year. And bang, you got a white paper. Yep. And then people buy it. They're like, oh, look at that. It's on paper. It must be true. Ah. Now, what are the people that found and uncovered all sorts of financial, let's say, uh, shenanigans? Was a guy named Jim? Is a guy named Jim Jim Chanos? You've heard of that name, Jim Chanos? Oh yeah, he's a famous guy. Yep, legendary short seller, known for his bearish bets against Enron and Tesla, is shuttering his hedge fund. After almost four decades, 40 years, he's had yeah. this hedge fund. This Astonishing. is pretty fascinating. He founded it in, in 1985, and he plans to return most capital to investors by the end of the year. Now, in 2008, the peak value of his fund, $4 billion. Last known value, $200 million. Mm, Well, you know, going uh, sure. Going against Enron, which uh, I'm, I, I'm just still I'm amazed by this fact, which is that once Biden got in and started threatening the oil, the fossil fuel industry in a, a contrarian move, Enron just started going up and kept going. It was Biden back then? No, no, not back that. I'm just saying when Biden just got elected. Well, Enron's dead. Look at the, Enron, what are you talking about? Enron's dead. No, oh, I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Exxon. Sorry. <laughs> same same number Enron. of letters, 
Two letters different, pretty much. Yeah. Well, Exxon still fascinates me, and I'll say it again. Enron, yes, a horrible bunch of corrupt creeps. Yeah, that was that was an amazing. I do have deal. A, a couple. I have a, a set of golf balls from them, though. Do you? Yeah, some guy whose son, I guess, worked for Enron. He's he listens to the show, and he. I said, mentioned he's got these golf balls from Enron. I said, I have to have a set. So I have a set of Enron balls. Are they in the closet? Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> They're in the the closet. Can I come in and just? Go in the closet with you for a little while and see what's going on there. Yeah, sure, but you have to sort. I'll sort. I'll sort and I'll 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 organize with you. Yeah. One of these days I'll come out there and we'll do that. Um, the question is, and here's a thought question for you: With Jim Chano saying I'm out, taking his fund from four billion to two hundred billion, how much losses are involved there, or how much his clients just took out? I don't know. But you know, over the years there's been plenty of opportunity. You know, he may have gotten totally toasted. On his Tesla. The Tesla kill you. Yeah. Well, we've uh, proven that by playing the Tesla game on this show for 10 years. Yeah, you can get it right every couple of times, and you're a genius for that moment. Then yeah, but it's over. just like off the wall when you get it right. Yeah. It's just lucky. It's like a, a you know, a, just a slop shot in pool. Just hit the ball as hard as you can and see what happens. <laughs> um, is fundamental short selling dead in, a, in an era of unlimited stimulus and unlimited uh, bailouts. I don't know. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think, but I think, I don't think it's as, as cool as it used to be when the market was, you know, a little more unstable. I think that the, the, the idea of simply and solely relying on fundamentals or the, the, the financial data of a company to short the company is more problematic these days because stocks don't necessarily trade on logic anymore. Maybe they never did. They also get bailouts. What do you do then? Right. Right. Nothing fails. And then we had that situation, if we recall, when Hertz got down and bankrupt, you know, and then they go down to the bottom, bounce around, and the stock's worth a lot of money. Uh, You get those situations, which are hard to even imagine how it works that Mm -hmm. way. Right. Uh, Microsoft is announcing that it has created its own, it's creating its own AI chip. It's the Mala 100 artificial intelligence chip. It could compete with NVIDIA's highly sought after AI graphics chip. The second is a Cobalt 100 ARM chip, ARM. And it's, well, this uh, is a bad idea. Aimed at general computing tests and can compete with Intel processors. But this is what Apple's doing. This is what, what Amazon's doing. Why is yeah, it a but bad Apple's idea? been in the business of making computers and laptops and phones and this and that, and Microsoft's a software company. Microsoft has tried to make phones. <laughs> yeah, and they flopped miserably with the phone. The phone just, even when the phone was good, and there were moments late in the game where the phone was quite competitive. I thought it was, in fact, sometimes better than an Apple phone, but they didn't know how to market it. They were screwed up. And then you had, they get, you know, they, there used to be a laptop and then there were. Uh, Zune. The, and then don't forget the Zune. Yeah. Another product that is, uh, was mismarketed because the Zune was actually superior in its day. In its day. I had one. But fidelity wise to an Apple, to the Apple, uh, whatever that thing was. The Apple had the I, the A, the, 
What was it? We can't even remember the name of it anymore. <laughs> what was the Apple MP3 player? The, the yeah, it was called the Apple uh, whatever it was. I got to look that up. And now you... Yeah. Or, original Apple MP3. It was called... The, I, the iTunes. Or the, no, iTunes. It was the i... iPod. Something. The iPod. iPod. Yeah. That's where podcasting comes from. And here we are doing podcasting. <laughs> so, yeah, the iPod, uh, the Zoom was better, better quality product. Ugly as uh, In terms of... Ugly. It was just a boxy thing. I don't think it was that ugly. And I had the and brown And Dell came out with one and they nah. couldn't sell it. Right. There's, they didn't have the Apple magic. Well, it was all because of... So the first iPods uh, and pre pre first iPods the the Diamond Rio and those those types of the Rio is like the like breakthrough product. The problem was you, 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 it was a very difficult thing to load songs onto. I didn't never notice this. Well, we had to use what did you use? You use these these third party. Well, there was iTunes back in the day that was difficult to you you know you could only put in sixty four megabytes of, of of songs on it. And moving back and forth, I always found was very difficult until Apple came out with a really good software package through iTunes, through their iTunes um, uh, process. That That's where it got easy. I mean, now you well, just stream probably, everything. Then I obviously never had one of the original uh, first one. I had a couple. I had, I had a couple of these. I think I still have my first iPod somewhere in the closet in the, uh, in the back, in a drawer. Back left. Back closet, which you, you're going to go through with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably find it, and uh, and I never, rem I don't remember it being problematic or hard to load songs onto it. I, I thought the original were hard. It was, it was the Diamond Rio. It was the other MP3 original MP3 players that were difficult because there was no. no they weren't you, the Diamond Rio was like a, if you plugged it into the in a regular computer, it was seen like as a disc. It wasn't easy. As I recall. And then you just push songs over into a folder and it would just, it would just suck them up. I always had problems with it. Maybe it was me. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what, what kind of problems you'd be having. Mm. It shouldn't be you. You can do that stuff. No, oh, now I can. Now I'm good at it. Uh, what else do we got here? NVIDIA earnings came out this evening. They uh, smashed estimates. I mean, by a mile. $2 billion. Yeah, they're on in, a roll. They're two, on a serious roll. $2 billion in revenue over estimates. <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. Just a slight rounding differential. Uh, that was the whisper numbers, by the way. They came right at the whisper numbers. So that's something to be cognizant of. The EPS beat by a whopping 25% over the expected. Uh, nothing bad to say about the earnings. Pretty, pretty incredible. The, the stock is down about five bucks, six bucks after the close. It was down about twenty bucks for for a moment there, and and that's because, again, the the expectation was for these numbers. So even though I, I also think there's a contributing factor with the Chat GPT situation. What is that? Well, that uh, AI. Yeah. Got a bad, you know, had a you know this this thing that happened with the with the. CEO and the rest of the, and what was going on with it. It's just, I thought it created just a bad vibe that would affect NVIDIA. Yeah, that's possible. I would, I would tend to agree with that. And um, they also were trying their best 
to downplay the fact that they don't have access to China, which is a huge uh, area for them, right? A huge potential area for them due to oh, all yeah. the laws. The potential for Chinese buys of those overpriced chips is, well, did I say overpriced? Super expensive chips. 75% margin chips. Yeah, they're so, overpriced. So, so, but the thing is, what they did, John, was they tried to say, well, China's a problem, but the good news is other areas are making up for it. But if you think about it, if China was there, you'd have the other areas too. So they tried to do this weird downplay. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice trick. But the, the, the good news is that at some point, China's going to be back. They're not going to keep China away from these guys forever. It's just unless a war breaks out or something, I just don't see it. Well, the, you, and there's also workarounds. You can get these chips in China in, into China somehow. Well, you could go through what's happened, like through South Korea. Yeah, or you know, there's a number of and AMOC methodologies you can use. We we have actually something about that. Let me find it. All right, semiconductor pro, uh, equipment maker Applied Materials. You know those guys, right? Oh yeah, is under U.S. criminal investigation for potentially evading export restrictions on China's top chip maker SMIC. The largest U.S. semiconductor equipment maker is being probed by the Justice Department for sending equipment to SMIC via South Korea without export licenses. And they said that hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment is involved, one of the people said. So what they did was they rerouted, right? They sent it through South Korea, and they said, South, you know, South Korea said, all right, we'll sell to China. Yeah, but this is worse than selling the chips to China through a roundabout way because what you're doing here is sending the equipment to China that allows China to make the chips. And that's what you don't want. Right, because applied material is the machines that make the chips. Yeah, one, the chips. Of them, yeah. one of the many. So shares of applied materials fell 7.3% after uh, the company reported quarterly results. And um, But the question is, is there any really, is there a way to stop this diverting of goods? Not in this global market that everyone's all jacked up about and happy. Plus, you're going to get fined and you probably made more money for doing what you're doing anyway. Yeah, you could you could build the fine into the yeah. price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you keep a customer happy. That's yeah. what you want to do. Speaking about keeping customers happy, one of the, the big issues in life that people fret about is it's very difficult to, or, or they find it difficult to message between an Apple device and an Android device. <laughs> yeah. You could text message just fine. However, if you want to send videos sometimes from an Apple device to a Android device, it comes in a little bitty, you know, little, little low resolution video. Or, you know, you can't do certain things. Good news though. In a major reversal, Apple plans to adopt technology standards next year that will allow text messaging to operate more smoothly between iPhones and Android devices. It's pushed back on the standard known as RCS for more than a year, even as Alphabet and Google, uh, um, Alphabet's Google and others pressed Apple to adopt the technology. It's short for Rich Communication Services, and it's an upgrade over standard SMS and MMS uh uh, texting. So so it would be the equivalent of uh, Notepad versus Word. 
Yeah, no, I understand that. <laughs> right. But I understand that. But why, what was wrong? I mean, what does RCS manage to accomplish that SMS and MMS don't accomplish? I, I It's beyond my comprehension. I don't know what is so special about RCS. Well, first of all, if you're just sending, if you're simply sending text, what I mean by that is, hello, how are you? You know, letters. Text is fine, right? But if you want to do certain things with um, some images and maybe some video and some other types of uh, non-text, but yet, so you can't do certain text with just Wi-Fi. But you could do, uh, you know, iMessage with Wi-Fi. And this is the, it's just not as rich. That's the point. But again, if you're just yeah, doing, if you're just yeah, doing text, who cares? Someone's got to take me to, I have to go to a whiteboard and someone's going to have to show me why this is so much better. It, it's just that it allows for greater usage of, let's call it graphics and. Some well, I don't know videos. about that. All right. Okay. Uh, big doings. Uh, China's uh, Xi Jinping was here. You know that? Yeah, of course. I'm in the Bay Area. That's where he showed up. Did he go to Florida? Is that what you're saying? No, he did not. Well, you said here. But here's what I find really fascinating. Here we have all these technology dudes that are all about, you know, the world a better place, you know, standing around saying we are the world and how, you know, we want to operate in an open and free and transparent environment, having dinner with a communist dictator. Yeah. How does that work? They loved it. Not only that, but half the flags in San Francisco, most of the flags being flown were Chinese communist flags. It was fantastic. We're, 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 we're flying communist flags and, 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 and trying to destroy what's going on by and, and, and uh, making less of what the Palestinians did in, in Israel. It, it, what is wrong with everybody? <laughs> Has everybody lost their freaking minds or what? Seriously. It's great. <laughs> It's bizarre. It's good for podcasting. Oh, Elon Musk, BlackRock, Steve Schwartzman, uh, Apple's Tim Cook. Uh, let's see with Mark Benioff from Salesforce, Stan Deal from uh, Boeing, Raj Sabarian from FedEx, uh, Ryan McInerney from um, Visa, Ray Dalio is there, um, Albert Boria from Pfizer, the Orla. chair. Chair from, uh, what did I say, Borla? Um, it's Borla. Larry Fink. They're all there. Yeah, Larry Fink They're was all there. there. They're all cozying up. Hey, how are you? I know we say that we don't want to work with you, but we do. We really do. You know, we uh, now publicly, we're going to, listen, listen. Hey, G, how you enjoying your steak? Listen, <laughs> just want to let you know. Don't listen to what we say publicly. It's all for just the look and feel. Truth be told, whatever you need, whatever you got, just come to me, pick up the phone, whatever you, we'll take care of it. Here's my number. You know, here it is. Here it is. Give me your phone, G. I'll put my number in it for you. I'll text you. So uh, I just found it fascinating, the, the incredible goal of all these guys. I, you know, again, I'm a big fan of China in general. In terms of the quasi-communist, the the 
the, the socialistic capitalism that they have there, I think is fascinating. It's but, totally fascinating. You have to admire it, the, the fact that they can make it work. They can make it work. But, you know, when I was over there, I did try to look up Tiananmen Square on the internet. Couldn't find it. <laughs> I mean, I did. It's right there in the middle of town. No, no, no. I found Tiananmen Square. I could not find but any. you couldn't v- find it in the, mentioned anywhere. Yeah. The reference to the t- Tiananmen. Well, you should have looked up Tiananmen. Shen Feng. They'd be knocking on your door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Retail earnings mixed bag. Target pretty good, actually. As a matter of fact, I think you get, you probably should have been blown out of Target. Did I? Did we do that? So, yeah, it was up like 12, 14%. Did you get taken out of Target? Let's see. Target, Target, Target. Look. I got to look at this. I think you're probably taken out of Target. Aw. Probably. I have to go look at that. Uh, but you, No, no, no. Well, not on that, but I'm the one that puts that in there, and I didn't put it in, so it may be on. Oh, okay. So I got kicked. Yep. Uh, let's see what else we got. Where is that? Uh, retail. Target, pretty good. They use the word value over and over and over and over. Customers buying up the low price items. Share set up uh, after after earnings. So that was. Like they got, I'm gonna have to go over there and check it out. See, they must have a bunch of stuff on sale. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yep. Um, so they're moving inventory. Okay, well, good for them. We got a couple other items of earnings coming up, but let's talk about FedSpeak. Um, we got a new new. Um, A new discussion. Uh, inflation is coming down nicely, but the job is not done. That's the new one, right? Inflation is coming down, but our job is not done. Yeah, yeah. So Biden says to his job's not done. Not done. Yeah, he's done. He was, his birthday was yesterday. It was. It's enough. It's enough. Yeah, he's the last guy I know about it. Yep. Uh, pot distributor collapse. You sent me this article. Herbal, one of California's largest cannabis tr- distribution companies. Was on the verge of collapse. So Mike Beauty, the company CEO, sent an email and said, "These rumors are categorically not true." This was on May 18th, and now they're fully collapsed. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the warning. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you can't the CEO can't say, "Yeah, uh, rumors are true. We're going under," and then, then 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 there's no there's no hope left. I guess so. Let's take you right down. So, so they lie. So just, it's just like a thing you get to remember. When the CEO the CEO comes out with some bullcrap like this this memo, he's probably full of it. He's bailing out himself. Yeah. The problem with these pot companies are, I think working at a pot company gives you the personal freedom and and thought that you could just be on the product all the time. I think there's a lot of pot smoking and pot use amongst the people who are pot companies. Yeah. I mean, maybe the same is true for the alcoholic beverage company, but probably probably a few alcoholics that are running these companies. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, the people that I know that, that, that started up and wanted to be involved in the whole pot thing was because they love pot. They love it. Yeah. Various, various stoners we know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get involved. I don't know necessarily people like, Oh, I love vodka so much. I want to be CEO. You know, I don't, know if there's that going on. No, but there could be people who were like moonshiners that really liked the distillation process and were really good at it, mm-hmm. uh, deciding to go into a uh, genuine, a real distillery and uh, make some money. That's a money maker. So, so they, they, they tossed the overalls for a sport jacket and slacks. Yeah. Hmm. Khakis. Yep. Watches 
The prices of Rolex and Patek Philippe are uh, slid to two-year lows in October. Who's tracking this? Who cares? Uh, Bloomberg's subdial index. That's who. It's a subdial yeah. index. It's a secondary market, which looked at the pricing of 50 most traded watches by value, fell 1.8% last month, the lowest since 2021. In the last 24 months, the prices have dropped about 18%. That's kind of interesting. I think that's interesting. I guess if you're trading watches. Some of these Rolex, some some of these Rolexes uh, were going bananas. Well, I was, I watched Antiques Roadshow. Every so often, some doofus comes on with a Rolex that his dad gave him, you know, because he picked it up during World War II. And the guy says, this watch is worth $50,000. Yeah. I have a question. Is Antique Roadshow still in production? Yeah. It's still new shows coming out? Yeah. And they all still look like they're from the 70s? Yeah, pretty much. Well, they they also pad the show with these. The most fascinating version of the show is the ones where they play an old show. I think this is genius, by the way, so far as marketing is concerned, because it's really interesting. No one remembers these old shows. So they'll play a show from 2007, 2008, and they play this show, and then they do the just play it straight, same old show you saw, and then they give it, the price comes at the bottom there the, in the Chiron, it says, you know, price of the such and such porcelain or whatever, $3,000. Then it flips down and it says 2023 price. Oh, I And see it that. gives you the new number with a little sound effect on it as to whether it went up or down. And it's like totally fascinating because it's like now it's become a gamification uh, show because what it does to the viewer, and which is why I think the genius of it is that you, you see the price, it's $2,500. Did it go up or did it go down? Mm. And you do you guess. I think it went up because it's a certain kind of thing that always goes up, like a Tiffany, for example, always goes up. And so, ah, yeah, it went up. Oh, it was now it's worth half the amount. The guy should have sold it. But what's great about that is you can repurpose that infinitum. Yeah. With that know, type of it's, show. It's totally genius. It's not like QVC where you're going to replace something that's not in existence anymore. No, you can't do that. It's just, you know, those things are, yeah, it's like, it's like Meet the Press. Hmm. Nobody really cares about two-year-old Meet the Press show. Right, right. So uh, the commentary is we're seeing um, growing downward pressure in the market, which could lead to further downward drift in prices as dealers cut valuation to chase sales. So there you go. The average number of days to sell pre-owned watches shot up by 8% since August. That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, another PSA, Vineyard Fruit and Vegetable Company is issuing a voluntary recall of fresh-cut cantaloupe. Fresh-cut cantaloupe. So this company, what, they package it up and it's somehow, it's not really fresh-cut. They cut it up and put it in a box or what do they do with it? I don't know. I guess they put it in a box and sell it at the stores. 43 illnesses uh, within 15 states. Well, you know, now that I think about it, Whole Foods carries a bunch of cut-up. Uh, melons. Right, right. I never, I would never buy, what, you don't know how long it's been sitting there, an old melon, that's the worst thing. I mean, this is, reminds me of my, you know, you take a lot of overseas flights. Mm-hmm. The one thing on an airplane you never eat is the melons. 
You don't, if they have a little sliced melon thing for you, don't touch it. It's, it's rife with bacteria. Yeah. Mm. It's just asking for it. Yeah. Yep. Not cooked. Nope. If it was cooked, maybe. Cooked melon. <laughs> New thing. New thing on the menu. Barbecued melon. Nice. Uh, Tesla stock getting ripped, even as the diehard Musk fanboys are are starting to become, uh, actually, they're starting to get pissed off themselves. Not that the stock is going down, but of the commentary and the stuff that Musk is doing. Now, the He's good news is- not doing anything. We, by the way, another reason to listen to that last Sunday show, we broke this down too. This is a scam. He didn't say that he agreed with whatever that post was? That makes everybody he upset? Just, you have to see the whole thing in context of the previous two or three posts to get what's really going on there. And if you don't do that, you won't have a clue and it makes him look like a, a doofus. I mean, it's, I agree that just take it at face value. And then the nonsense that media matters claims that he, there were some people posting next to anti-Semitic uh, uh, posts. They, they can't prove it. And he's suing him now. This is going to be a real problem for some people who, who's, who's taken a, a position against Musk in, in this argument. There's like seven companies that paused advertising. That's yeah, because they were suckered into it by Media Matters. This, whole this is a, once again. He's got the he's got the the thing like guys like this. You saw it with Peter Thiel and his you know being irked with Gawker. These guys have got the money to really sue you out of existence. Once again, I'm going to say this: Can we just get rid of social media? <laughs> I mean, well, I've been saying let's get rid of the internet longer than you've been saying that. So it's crazy. Argentina, uh, politics can move markets. The ETF was up 11% the other day, a strong move following elections. The election win by far right candidate uh, Javier Malay. And we saw that yeah. stocks are up 41% for YPF, and TO is up 23%, and GGAL is up 21%. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. And my favorite story of the week, my thank God somebody is awake, although nothing's going to ever happen, is that Live Nation and its subsidiary Ticketmaster is being sent a subpoena for documents regarding ticket pricing, fees, and secondary sales from the U.S. Senate. Good. But you're right. Nothing will come of it. Ticketmaster, which for decades has been criticized for hardball tactics and hard pri uh, high prices, took a new round of me uh, rhetorical beatings around this time last year after the bots ticket sales for Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Live Nation has egregiously stonewalled my subcommittee inquiry into an abusive consumer practices, making the subpoena necessary, said Richard Blumenthal. Yeah, Blumenthal. Richard more Blumenthal. Corrupt types. Which is a caricature of himself. Richard Blumenthal. That sounded at all like him? No, I don't think so. But uh, the, the, the point is... That we can all, as human beings in this world, hope to God something happens with this whole Ticketmaster crap. Terrible. Don't go. You know, the problem is you want to go to a concert, you just you have no choice. All right. Go to uh, the symphony. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. They don't even Ticketmaster doesn't want to be a part of the symphony. They don't even want to deal with that crap. Uh, Dick's uh, Sporting Goods, we have some earnings. Three quick earnings news. Dick's Sporting Goods, 
Uh, beat earnings, $2.85 versus $2.44. Revenues, $3.04 billion versus $2.94. I say it's all about pickable sales. It might be. All I know is I've been to Dick's a couple of times. It's a useless store. You could take a bat and a ball, swing for the fences, and not hit anyone. Nobody's there. Well, I, there were people at this one store, but they don't have certain. I couldn't find anything I wanted. I needed some some BBs, just BBs for a BB gun. Obviously. Yeah. Can't find them. Good luck finding them. All they have in there, it seems to me, is clothes. A lot of clothes. A lot of clothes. A lot of clothes. A lot of clothes and Shirts golf clubs. And yes. slacks. Yes. And, yeah. Clothes. It's a clothing store. It's pretty much a clothing store. I'll give you that. All right. Best I'm Buy. I'm impressed. Best Buy cut its full year sales outlook Tuesday as the company weathers a period of cooler demand and prepares for price conscious holiday shoppers. The consumer electronics retailer beat Wall Street's quarterly earnings expectations, but fell short on revenue. It now expects revenue a little bit lighter. Uh, it also lowered the high end of its profit guidance, saying it would expected adjusted earnings per share in the range of $6 to $6.30 instead of $6 to $6.40. Not a big deal. Uh, stock was down. And Lowe's lowered its full year sales outlook. It's interesting because Home Depot also had the same kind of report, but Home Depot mm -hmm. shares went up nicely. Lowe's would people don't like Lowe's. I don't personally like Lowe's. I don't I, I like Lowe's a lot. I can't find stuff as you can't find stuff at Dick's. I can't find stuff at Lowe's. Well, you're looking for something different than I'm looking for. I'm, I'm guessing when you go to Lowe's, I, I suppose. Um, Lowe's lowered its full year sales outlook after customers spent less than expected on do it yourself projects and caused its fiscal third quarter sales to tumble nearly 13% year over year. And finally, Ford is scaling back uh, plans for a $3.5 billion battery plant in Michigan as consumers shift to electronic vehicles more slowly than expected. Labor costs rise and the company moves to cut costs. Uh, let's hold on for a second. Interesting how this happens right after the union deal was ratified. Ford announced the facility in February, um, it has become, become quickly a political target due to licensing deal with Chinese battery maker Contemporary Amperex Technologies, or Cattle. The company said on Tuesday it's cutting production capacity by, really, by about 43% to 20 gigawatt hours per year and reducing expected employment from 2,500 jobs to 1,700. So now we ratify the deal, we'll close down some of the stuff, and we're going to cut 800 jobs. Pretty tricky. Yeah. That Amperex was an American company. Mm, I guess Did not. The Chinese buy them and then haul them to, to haul them lock, stock, and barrel to China and change the name a little bit. Let's see. Uh, it's a leader company profile. Uh, let's see. Chinese battery manufacturer founded in 2011. It's uh, located in Ningde, China. N i n g d e ningidi ningi ningi. I don't know. I never heard of that one. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. Storage systems. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, go back to here. So Ford was going to do the battery plant, and then they looked at their numbers and said, "You know, 
licensing. Why should we license anything? Why don't we just buy the batteries from China? I Probably suppose. cheaper. Yeah. Why bother? We can cut and cut some people just to just to get back. Yeah, why at some bother? And we can get rid of a bunch of people who mm-hmm. went on strike, who screwed us over anyway. We'll show them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, close to the pin. Uh, t- stay tuned again for the next this Friday. This Friday, Crocs close to the pin is coming to a close. So we'll Your see favorite. who got that. Yeah, one of my faves. One of my faves, one of my faves. And um, also mentioning that it's the time of year. It's called Thanksgiving. It's a giving of thanks, giving of something, giving of donations. That's it. So make sure to go over to DHBlog. Seriously, we need your help. We need you. You are a big part of how we keep this whole thing going. Uh, For those of you who have never given, so it's time. Hello. I'm talking to you. Uh, it's time to start uh, thinking about a little bit of a donation. You can go over to dhunplug.com and donate, and we thank you very much for that and for helping out. Again, you are the reason we do this. You are the reason that we stay afloat and and continue doing what we're doing for all the different things that we spend our money on to bring the show to you each and every each and every week. We're- yeah, I think a thank you would be more than welcome. I think so. A thank you contribution to the uh, future of the show. Yep, I think so. All right, let's get to the game. Here we go. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. So with the exception of Target, which uh, you, 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 is going to be kicked with, with a profit, uh, which was a short, by the way, one more short coming off the list, right? Yeah, there's going to be no shorts left, and I don't have any to put up there. It was a little moment of shorts from uh, January, February, March, April, May, I guess. It started in May to, I guess, August or September, and that was a little moment of uh, summer of shorts. I think we'll have another another go at it. I think, think I so? Think, yeah, I think coming to 2024, we'll have another go at it. Maybe. We'll see. But well, that, I'm that's... all in the lookout. I think they're, 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 they're fun to play. Mm-hmm. URA Global Uranium ETF is up 10% from a couple of weeks back on top of the fact that it's been moving pretty well. Amazon up 14%. Your Vox International up 15%. Nike up 17%. I'm surprised about that myself, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, it was earnings Hail Mary. Uh, things were going to- This was to- your pick. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, well, I'm- you're a shoe. You, you got the touch when it comes to shoes. Ah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I got I got one I got one pick for this week. Okay. Shark Ninja. We've had this before. Oh, I love Shark Ninja. Shark Ninja. In fact, I was I'm glad we put it on here because I they, I saw the okay, so the CEO of Shark Ninja, he's he's actually doing commercials. He does some of the shark commercials, mm-hmm. you know, for the different kinds of weird vacuums. They they basically I was turned on to Ninja by my son who says that you and I do have some ninja products. I mean, the guys are, even though they're getting sued here and there, they 
are kind of a best of breed operation. They try to do stuff like uh, his uh, the vacuum gear, the shark stuff is all like trying to outdo Dyson at mm-hmm. one fourth the price. Right. Shark stuff and shark ninja stuff is all well priced. It's very aggressively priced. And I li- I like this company. Yeah. It's like, and, and they're like the Ron Popeil, right? You know what I mean? They got all these different great products that everybody does love. And so anyway, uh, I'm playing it for a seasonal play, you know, through the holidays. I I think it's a good, this is a good bet. I, I, I yeah, I think this is a good one. And by play. the way, we had this on before. Let me just tell you what happened. We had this on. It's, it's not really, it's a little thinly traded. We put it on at 41. It got knocked off at 39. It's currently trading at 46. Yeah. So would have held it. It had been, uh, you know, about a 14% gain. I think at some point this thing, because this guy really seems to be into marketing. Uh, they, I think they have probably too many SKUs. Maybe. And they develop yep. some products that are a little like, who's going to buy this, even though it's cool and they're cheap. Uh, and they do have some lawsuits that they have to deal with. I think Dyson sued him once, and I think uh, uh, the robotics operator, the uh, Roomba guys, I think, because they have a Roomba clone that goes around cleaning up. It does a better job, I'm sure. Uh, but I like it. I mean, this is a company I really like. It's like a, it seems like a good long-term investment as long as the CEO is there. I have one stock. Uh, and symbol SN, by the way. Yeah, what do you got? I have... Uh, Symbol MDGL, Madrigal Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. It's a biotech company. Wait, MDGL, MDGL. MDGL, they're down. Yep. They're they're actually making a their momentum play. They've go, gone up from 142 to 188. But they're really, they're, it's a two $300 stock in, historically. And this, the rationale is something we haven't heard for a while. This is the rationale we've used before. Ready? Yeah. Baker Brothers. Oh, I'm going to write that down. The Baker Bros. Baker Bros. God, I miss those guys. Well, they're back. <laughs> they're back and making picks. So yeah. we got Baker Brothers on that. Uh, MDGL trading at about 188, it looks like to me. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's like about 188. And uh, SN Shark Ninja. There you go. There's a little Thanksgiving treat for everybody. Yeah, I like these it. are winners. Yep. All right. Well, with that, we'll end early so we can get our turkeys on the on the, on the stove. How's that? Yeah, well, I'm not going to put it. I'm not actually. I've jobbed out everything. My daughter's going to be cooking the smart. turkey. Very smart. And so she can deal with it. Yep. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint, I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can give me the ice stare, cause I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. 
Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.